from the frozen lands of Minnesota. Two adventurers, Adam and usually Dave, battle the harshest internet connections to bring you another episode of the Digital Soup Podcast. Their opinions are unqualified, but the conversations are good. everybody welcome back this is episode 185 of the digital soup podcast i'm usually dave joining me as always is my good friend adam he's scoured the internet we've got some great questions to get to and we're going to tackle the top 10 worst movie castings as we had teased a couple episodes back so oh, can't wait yeah this should be a good one oh, i'm yeah. curious to see what happens when we go through this how you been man uh not too bad of course all things considered we yeah are- Going yeah. through the pandemic and social distancing and not going anywhere <laughs> and all that stuff and well, rumor has it you're you're enjoying a a hot chocolate right now. That's true. R- rumor has it that it, you may have uh, <laughs> tampered with it. Well, it's not tampering if you do it yourself. I'm not going to yes, confirm just... or deny these rumors. <laughs> there might be a little Captain Morgan in it. Okay, okay, a Morgan hot chocolate. Never had it. Is it it's recommended? just a spiced hot chocolate. It's great. Mm. It is great. Nice. Going to have to try that out one of these nights. Yeah, it's it's actually way better than I thought it would be. <laughs> I tried this out in desperation. I was like, I don't have anything to put in. Oh, wait, this is great. <laughs> so, listeners, that's your warning that by the end of this show. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that one dash of it's going to You never know. Adam may be swinging from the chandeliers. You never Here's know. Here's the worst casting is me <laughs> in the play when I was in grade school. <laughs> anyway, that's not going to happen. But I do have some questions for you. Are you ready for some questions? Oh, you know it, man. You're tired from the human race. Oh, Actually, boy. that's terribly worded. You're tired of the human race. So you decide to help, by the way, betraying all humans, you decide to help an advanced alien civilization destroy Earth. What tips would you give them? Oh, man. This is kind of, this one's a little, a little, uh, makes me a little nervous. I mean, what if they're listening? And then, then this stuff happens and suddenly they, they, yeah, they, they point to, digital soup as the source yeah. of the alien intel we never would have thought to destroy the planet until usually dave said <laughs> well here's the thing i don't think first off i guess setting a little parameters i don't think an alien alien uh, advanced alien civilization would necessarily want to destroy the planet right they just want to wipe off people from it i think we can we can revise the question to to yours yeah. because i agree with you they don't need our they don't need dave and adam's help if they're advanced enough to destroy a planet. Right. I mean, if they're oh, wait traveling a second. space. What do these two guys say? I probed yeah. the one guy and never got any results. <laughs> yeah. He just kept asking again. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they could just do something. Dave. <laughs> yeah, right? They That's could just keep doing. what happened to Jason for real. <laughs> that was his personal issues he had to That's step away from. why he had while. to leave the show. <laughs> <laughs> Still walking funny to this day. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, they could just park a... Uh, Death Star in the sky, and and that'd be it. You know, mm-hmm, this moon mm-hmm. looks funny, but 
to get rid of the human race. I mean, I guess. Now that I think of it, it's kind of a nasty question to ask during a pandemic. Right. It, re- it really is. But I guess, you know, what we're seeing that this pandemic, if it's, if it's taught us anything, I'll, I'll tackle it still because it's, it's kind of sci-fi ish, you know, and fun. But what we're seeing is that this pandemic, the statement, this quote I saw is that it's, it's bringing out the worst in people and the best in people. And it was the best of times. times. (laughs) Right. You know, we're, we're seeing the Charles Dickens effect. No, but in all seriousness, I think all they'd have to do is really just work, you know, quietly behind the scenes for a few months, get, get some people in key positions to kind of get the chaos rolling. And the vast majority would just turn against each other and and do the dirty work for them. Hmm. Continue the chaos. Yeah, it sounds a little cynical of, of the human race, and I, I, I'm i not uh, a super negative person. I try and stay positive, but unfortunately, mm. you know, you 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 look at, like, social media and stuff, and, man, it can be a cesspool, and, and <laughs> people, they get You'll behind You'll never find their... a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> Absolutely true. They get behind their keyboards, and, man, they they can turn pretty vile, you know, and <laughs> keyboard warriors mount up. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I think I that's going to go, <laughs> go ahead. I, I was going to go with the uh, EMP, knock out their electricity done. Well, yeah, that would take care of it also. Well, most there's, there's a lot of people that can survive without electricity. They'll still have to come get me up in the woods, but. Yeah, that's true. You probably wouldn't even notice there was an EMP. Yeah. I'd be like, well, what's this? <laughs> well, my cell phone's usually out, so. I can't get my hunting network on TV. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me sound like a total redneck, which I'm really not, but uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I yep. do enjoy the outdoors. I do enjoy the hunting and, and the woods life, but uh not Launching so much wheelers over over ravines. No, no, I, I I am very much in the Slamming old man category. Yeah, no, very much in the old man category of uh the the four wheelers are used just for dragging deer or getting work done in the woods. If you, you know, all defensive, haul haul some wood, and then <laughs> I, you know, I, I really don't like these hunting parties that come up and you know spend the whole weekend just getting bombed and then grabbing <laughs> loaded guns and running around the woods. That that yeah, that's mm. not me. I I'm much more of the Grizzly Adams put me in hermit mode up in the woods. You know, kind of kind of Grizzly Adams did have a beard. He did. And, and, you know, it made me think of something today. Um, as we record this, friend of the show and, and listener, the mailman, he sent me a message. He, he always is running about one episode behind when he's listening. He just listened to us talk about the, the last, the social distancing movies. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he made a point, and I, we didn't even think of it, but um, what was the second movie? I'm trying to think now. I got to look. The Revenant and... Oh, what was the other movie? Hold on. I'm looking. Because he he said basically both of these movies were about photographers, sole, uh, like individual photographers. Oh, that uh, were, Bridge Over Madison County. No, no wasn't that. It wasn't that. Uh, it was, oh, it yeah. was uh, Jason's favorite. The, <laughs> the Revenant, Jason's favorite indeed. The Revenant and then remember Liam Neeson's Wolf movie? I oh, think yeah. it was called The Gray or something. Yep, yep. But both of those movies are about a lone photographer 
getting attacked by wildlife in the woods. So in the Revenant, it was a bear, and in <laughs> in the the gray or whatever it was, it was the wolves. And <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so I am, I am. Uh, that's why I always carry when I'm in the woods. So <laughs> I just googled movies where a photographer is attacked. Let's oh, see, no. we've got Welcome to Marwin. <laughs> oh yeah, that's Steve Carell. I think uh, the edge, the edge. I don't know. Do you that remember one. the edge? Mm. Oh my gosh. Wait a second. You don't Is remember that... the edge 1997 American survival film with Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin. The oh edge. yeah. 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 No Baldwin plays a photographer. Yeah. They're attacked by a burr. Oh man. Us photographers always getting in trouble in the woods. Well, that's, that's Marty Stoutford did it. <laughs> wild america was a great show i'm just gonna it, go out it there was and say it. i was trying to think of the name of it and i was glad you said it because i went silent there for a second <laughs> like what was the name of that yeah you and i were both thinking what the heck was marty yeah i remember show? watching that I as a kid that show. all the time that dude was a mountain man Looked yeah um all right what is something in your room right now that most people probably don't have in theirs probably don't have <laughs> Well, most people aren't going to have a, let's see, one, two different tripods, a couple light stands, some, some photo lights. I mean, that's kind of the obvious. Here's one for you. Right on my desk in front of me here, I have a beaver skull. Okay, that was the only answer we needed. Why did you list the other stuff? <laughs> I was trying to think. To me, it's normal. I've had it beaver for... Skull. I've had it for, geez, since I was a little kid, uh, one of my uncles found it and cleaned it up. And the, the one uncle that's a taxidermist, I believe, cleaned it up and then gave it to me. And I've had it sitting, saved it all these years. That's an awesome answer. I like that one. Okay. Um, I have one of 2,500 piece Apollo, um, which one is this? Apollo six, 17 commemorative like a coin, mm -hmm. which has been minted from an actual part of the Apollo command module that flew to the moon. Ooh, this is a limited edition. My brother got me this for Christmas. Uh -huh. um, and so this is like a 45th, 45th anniversary medallion. And it is minted with the Apollo command module parts that flew to the moon. Mm. Heck yeah. It's awesome. That's very cool. So yeah, there's a, I mean, there's 2,500 of them out there, but. Still, That's a pretty it's, small it's, percentage of the population. Right. It's, it's much cooler than the beaver skull. Oh, well, I don't know. What mm. if we combine these? <laughs> mount mount the coin in the forehead. <laughs> mount mount of the, the medallion on the forehead of the beaver skull. You know, the funniest part, what I use my beaver skull for, I mean, it's a it's a decoration on my desk, but my my SD card reader, mm -hmm. it's, you know, just one of these little ones. It's it's not a big, fancy, high-end, expensive one that, you know, it's just a little, it's like like a little thumb drive size. And it, it sits perfectly. It holds it right in its teeth with, when the, the skull is there, the mouth are closed. And then the opening where the, where the, you know, the inside cavity, the mouth would be that's open that, that thumb drive, the, the SD card reader sits right inside of there perfectly. <laughs> so you were just talking about how you're not a redneck, but you use an animal <laughs> skull as an SD card reader mount. I realize how this sounds, but <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm really not a redneck. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I, I have a uh, a Kevin Smith autograph. Okay, okay, dime a dozen. Yeah. Let's go with Beaver Skull. <laughs> yep, we'll go with that. All right, let's say that Mickey D's now sells sad meals. What items would you find in them? Oh man, probably. I mean, you gotta you gotta add like those kind of rubbery, soft, wilted carrots in there in some fashion. <laughs> Nothing sadder than that. Oh. Yep, that's pretty sad. Mm. Um, burgers without the meat. We accidentally, I remember when I worked there a long time ago, they had this burger that it had like, it was like on a hoagie bun. Uh-huh. And it was three patties and then like onions and peppers and like uh, some cheese over it. I don't remember what it was called. But somebody came through, uh, came, came walking in and they had gone through drive through and ordered, you know, a meal or whatever. They had gotten home and realized nobody had put any meat on the sandwich. Oh, no. So they came back and they opened up. They're like, I thought, man, this is just a terrible burger. Then I looked and there was nothing in it. And we all laughed. <laughs> and where was that from, you said? <laughs> that was, was that bur- at uh, McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. I don't know why I thought you said Burger King. No, no. No, I never I, worked at Burger King. No, I yeah, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know what I was thinking there. What about, you know, you saw the ads. Um, this was a campaign that just happened this this year sometime i believe it was mcdonald's came out with an ad showing how or maybe it was burger king one of the two how their their food doesn't have all the preservatives so it actually molded do you remember that (laughs) yeah i remember that so it's like a rotten burger and then i can't remember if it was wendy's that came out and said well, unlike you, here's here's our burger after 30 days. There's nothing there to indicate, you know, people people don't let their food sit around for 30 days. But what if you open it up and it was just that moldy, nasty burger? <laughs> Maybe the question is geared more towards the toy. The the toy. Okay, so a yeah. sad. Which, by the way, just a quick a quick note. I'm sorry to go off on a tangent here, but mm-hmm. that whole thing where they're like, "Look at there must be so many preservatives. This burger didn't even mold." Yeah, it the that patty. I, I saw somebody test out the same theory. It's the meat got dehydrated from sitting out dried. Yeah, there was no moisture whatsoever for the mold to grow. It was a a cracker instead of a burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah basically, but it was yep. still beef. Well, I'd seen recently someone. It popped up on Twitter. This guy he found in in the back of his pantry, a uh, almost like Chef Boyardee ravioli type thing, but it was some mm. like Ninja Turtles or something from the '90s <laughs> or Spider Man. It was from like the Jeez. late '80s, early '90s, something like that. So he opened it up to see what was in there, and it was all like just totally dehydrated. The can was rusting through a little bit. And it was just like powdered, but like a rock in there. It was so nasty. It's like a Chevrolet in there. Yeah. So sad, sad toys. (laughs) Yeah. What if it's just like a locker mirror? Oh, oh, for like a school locker? Yeah. Like you open it up and then you just see yourself and you notice you're eating McDonald's and you're like, (laughs) frick. That's your sad (laughs) item. Yeah. But as a kid though, you're probably pretty excited for that still. That's true. There's maybe a stuffed animal with all the stuffing ripped out of it. Yeah, uh, you know, like a, a homework, uh, like a white <laughs> yeah. a whiteboard to track your assignments or something. Yeah, there's just a word problem in there. 
<laughs> yeah, big math problem. <laughs> if, if if this semi truck loaded with McNuggets leaves Milwaukee, going two hundred miles in a day, <laughs> oh. there's a fortune. Just nasty fortune cookies that have terrible sayings in them. Your parents yeah. don't like you. Yeah, your your sodium levels are too high. Goodness. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Sad meals. <laughs> You're given $100,000, but you can only spend it on hobbies you currently have. How do you spend it? Oh, I mean. I know I know some of your answers. Yeah, cameras and lenses. You hiking that would, boots? Well, cameras and lenses would take care of probably about 20 to 30,000. Maybe not even that much. Really. 20 to 30,000? Yeah. Oh, if I, Lord. If I, if I could only spend it on that and I had to spend it on that, eh, maybe not even that. Maybe, yeah, about 20, 15 to 20, let's say that. Then there'd be some some new hunting gear, guns, and a few other things there. And honestly, Can, the rest would probably be spent on trips to go photograph and hunt in different places. That's a cool answer. Can I make my hobby getting out of debt so I can pay off all yeah. of my bills with that? Right. I'm a passionate <laughs> get out of debtor. <laughs> no, I'd be, I'd be down with that. I've been a debt before it was cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd probably get a new computer because half of my hobbies, whether it's music or podcasting or recording stuff, is all done on there. And I would get something with as many cores as I could possibly get so Jason would leave me alone. Yeah, he won't be yelling at you. That's not enough cores. <laughs> um, musical instruments for sure is what would spend up, take up mine. I think I'd also, you know, I'm I'm still an amateur photographer, so I'd love to get some better, better gear on that. But I might, you be know, like, your answer on music instruments there made me think of something. There is one thing. It'd be about to get everything I wanted, probably about ten grand, and I'd finally get that. The the like top of the line Roland V drum set ah. with the computer setup that'll handle. I mean, my computer will handle all that right now, but I'd probably get a dedicated computer just for music stuff. And then also, I'd want the nice, like real good quality amp head and everything that goes with it, so that if I want to play live, I can crank it up nice and loud. You know? No oh, heck yeah. So all of that. I mean, the V drums alone, though, that their top of the line set that I want is probably. I don't know what it is, six to eight grand, six to seven grand, somewhere in there. And maybe the rest five on sale. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but then you can play without uh, without interrupting your neighbors or. Well, or or the kids or wife upstairs when they finally come home and, you know, stuff like that. So there you go. Yeah. I like that. So if you had a teleportation power, which place in the world would you immediately go? Like I can go there and back. I'm not like stuck there, right? Instant teleportation. Yeah, you could you could travel back. Hmm. What, what's the first place you'd go to? I'd probably go to that, the famous spot on like the, you know, Grand Canyon or something. Places like that where I could just get there, get the photos I wanted and get out. Like I could time it and be like, okay, sunrise is in 20 minutes. Boom. There, shoot sunrise for an hour. Boom. Back home. Something nice. like that. You know, it'd be kind of cool if there's a lot of places that are over photographed you know they're like the hot mm-hmm. spots yeah everybody's got a picture of this or that yep if you could teleport yourself to some place that nobody else could could get to so you get a completely different perspective on it that would right. be awesome 
So like, say, let's just use the Grand Canyon as an example, because there's a, there's some famous shots there. No one ever gets the shot from the opposite angle, looking back towards that tourist spot, because you can't. Uh. It's across the canyon. You'd be there and like, boom, right over there, a mile across the canyon or whatever it is. What if you teleported right above it and then did high-speed shutter and fell into it, took your picture and teleported back safely? Oh, that sounds like a lot of coordination to happen. <laughs> well, uh, it says teleportation power doesn't say terrible teleportation power. That's true. It Seasoned. That, I like that your spots are also socially distant. Yeah. Because, you, you know, know what I mean? so that, that's you don't want to teleport to Wuhan right now. or Right. Well, and that's the thing. like New York or anything. You know, for me, I, I tend to, even before all this stuff, I mean, we've talked about it before. I have so little desire to go to any big city anywhere. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, other than some friends I have out there, I have no real desire to see New York city, no real desire to go to Vegas or LA. I mean, I've been in an airport in LA, but most of that holds no appeal for me. So sure. I'm, I'm pretty, <laughs> not a redneck. You just want to go to the tractor pull. <laughs> Maybe the rodeo. <laughs> I am not a redneck, but I do prefer small towns and being away from people by and large. Small towns are the best. Yeah. Um, I probably want to, you know, I'm going to remove the pandemic from this, this question because right. you can't not go to where people are in some, some people, you know what I mean? I would like to go see relatives, you know, across the world that I, have only seen once and you know some of that kind of stuff yeah that'd be but cool. then places that i've always wanted to see that i know i never will i am likely never going to see the pyramids but i'll be mm. i would love to teleport to the very tip top of it like they did in jumper or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. just be like hey this is a cool picture and then uh <laughs> who's that was it brian Manier that takes all those super stunning photos that he got of the pyramids over there yep yep or yeah you can a, hear that you know, in his interrupt episode. some of his shots and just show up yeah just like because <laughs> he he couldn't get right to them i mean they were quite a ways away and he had to use some zoom lenses but just like photobomb it where you're on top the pyramid and as he looks at it and zooms in to edit he's like what the heck and yep. he sees a sign like hey brian <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but then continually find out where his, what his schedule is and do that in all of his shots yeah. so you're like you're, <laughs> you're Use it for you're, prank purposes his own per, you know personal like where's waldo shows up and he doesn't know what's <laughs> happening who this person is because you'd be so far away <laughs> oh and that dress as a where's waldo outfit <laughs> <laughs> oh brian I, I don't know if he listens to this show but teleport to any live tv station just for a couple seconds <laughs> just just <laughs> pop in on the set of whatever mid-scene like what was that <laughs> we're going today streaking in the commons <laughs> <laughs> oh uh. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah tell brian <laughs> You could have some if, fun with that. If, if we had those teleportation powers, his pictures would be so much better. Yeah, he'd have some amazing <laughs> models, you know, like an Easter egg in every photo. As a side tangent, for those of our listeners that have never seen Brian Maneer's photos, mm-hmm. there's a, he's got a certain look to his photos that he gets. Yep. I, I don't know how to even explain it. You probably know how to describe that look. Yeah, he's he's got a very, it's, it's moody, a kind of mm-hmm. cinematic, but more moody, very... Vivid colors, but also like he has a strong distaste for like the color green. And so with his shots, you're going to see these very kind of 
um, heavily influenced with the reds in the the oranges and the, you know the sunrise yeah. and sunset colors and the, a lot of contrast and stuff. Yeah, it's a very I, very specific it, look. I would love to be able to do shots like that. And I, I think the uh, a lot of his like he's got these epic pictures where he also has the the star field in it oh yeah he does a lot of astrophotography i really like that so anyway yeah so if you guys want to hear (laughs) just i'm gonna i'm gonna plug this i know we insert our thing in here anyways but if you want to hear what we're talking (laughs) about with the um the pyramid photos and stuff if you go to adventures and creativity at aicpod.com it is episode 30 i had brian on and we were talking about this big trip to egypt that he made and i'll link that up in the show notes here and then I also had him on very, very early in the show. Um, I'm looking to see back. I believe it was like mm, episode seven. So episode seven and episode 30, you can hear more about his creative process. He does talk, especially in episode seven, talks a lot about his um, like editing style and process and you know, kind of what inspires him and all of that stuff. So you can check those out there. Cool. I should probably re-listen to that. <laughs> All right. Now, this isn't really a question, mm-hmm. but um, I kind of thought of this because in the realm of internet questions, this is always fun. It's one of those shuffle music shuffle games. Uh huh. And so this is the apocalypse soundtrack. And I know, I think we talked about this on Digital Soup at some point in our past, but I don't mm-hmm. remember. So the way this works is you put your music player on shuffle. And for mm-hmm. you listeners, of course, after the podcast, or maybe pause the podcast and go to the music <laughs> player. But so if you go to your music player, and for me, I'm going to use uh, Amazon Music. Okay. If you want me to go first. Yep, go first. And then, um, then I'll have you do yours. But there's 10 songs to your Apocalypse soundtrack. Okay. So I'm going to go into my songs and just randomly hit shuffle. I'm going to mute <laughs> so it doesn't actually play. <laughs> and so song one is the overall theme for the apocalypse we've got this is pretty good there's a song by a musician called plum it's called hang on there you <laughs> and, go um she's not a wildly popular mainstream artist but she's been around for many many years she was one of the vocalists that influenced evanescence oh okay so she's uh she's fantastic song two the song that plays when you kill your first zombie this is going to be Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> Turn I like it. Song th- Every now song and th- then I put a bullet between your eyes and you're frightened by the sound. Turn around, dead eyes. Oh, when you're getting man. chased by a horde of zombies is song three. And that is I Feel It Coming, which is a cover of, oh, which band did that one? I feel it coming. I feel it coming. I don't I gotta, know. I got to look up the original artist because in my playlist, it's a, uh, uh, it's The Weeknd is who did that one. Oh, but I've got okay. the uh, Scary Pockets cover song. So that is getting chased by a horde of zombies. So I guess that makes sense. Song four, when you have to kill your partner. Uh-oh. Jerusalem by Modest Yahoo. Well, I I don't even know what that is. I think you're making up names now. No, this is a song by a Hasidic Jewish uh, reggae style rapper, Modest Yahoo. Oh my gosh! 
which I saw him on Jimmy Kimmel like over a decade ago, and I thought the song had a good groove, so it's in my playlist. Okay. So, um, song five, where you meet a group of survivors. Mm-hmm. Sugar, we're going down by Fallout Boy. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Song six, when you meet your love interest. Uh-oh. Race you to the bottom by New Medicine. I'm gonna have to. Oh. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you know this one, but I don't. Uh, but the title to... sounds interesting. <laughs> yep, race you to the bottom. <laughs> race you to <Okay>. your bottom. <laughs> no. <laughs> Song seven, the final stand. This is forgiven by the forgiven by David Ramirez. If you remember, I had one of his songs. Oh as my, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Song eight, when you think you've won. Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2. Do you remember nice. that song from the that Batman was, Forever uh, soundtrack? Yep, Batman, yep. All right. When You Discover You've Been Bitten. Oh, oh no. Burn by The Cure from the Crow soundtrack. Whoa. And then for the end credits, <laughs> Stay by Lisa Loeb. Don't ask me why that's on <laughs> <in> my playlist. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Stay. That was a hit in its day. You say... You want to kill zombies when I want to. <laughs> okay. What was I watching? Um, <laughs> I there, there was a show I was watching, like a, a sitcom type show, and Lisa Loeb. Oh, it was the the new like Fuller House on on Netflix. You know, my wife and daughter mm-hmm. were watching it, and the one Stephanie is kind of like she wants to. She, she was like this super talented DJ. Um, like musician and all this stuff, touring the world and the crazy lifestyle. You'd think came DJ back. would be the super talented DJ. Well, you'd think, but she came home to help DJ because she, I don't know, she has kids and divorce, whatever's going on. But at one point, um, I think it's DJ, she has a, a veterinary clinic that she's a doctor at or something. And Lisa Loeb comes into her clinic to have her something done with her cat, her cat or something like that. Excuse me. And okay. um, she calls Stephanie and tries to get her down there the whole time. And then eventually that's like the whole episode. And then she finally gets there and Stephanie gets a player song in front of Lisa Loeb. But it's this big joke because they keep saying Lisa Loeb is here and they're talking to her and saying her whole first and last name constantly, which is super <laughs> awkward in person. You just have you to know? say Lisa Loeb every time. Yeah. So I, I, I just remember that it was a pretty funny episode. <laughs> All right. All right. It's your turn. We're going to figure this out. All right, so because I use Spotify, I can't just go in and hit play, and I've got a ton of my own playlists created. So I'm going to ask you this, because I've got to pick a playlist to do this. I have, all right, I have two options. One, I can have you pick a decade, or two, I at one point I had went and taken my entire CD collection from back in the day, and put it into, um. Spotify and one giant playlist. I mean, there's everything I used to own on CD is in this collection. We're doing that one. That one? Okay. Yep. Let's do it. So song <laughs> one, overall theme for the apocalypse, let go. Me, let me turn this down. Turn down for what? Well, that's that's what we're going to find out here. Hold on a second. All right. Song one. No, shuffle. Okay. Every day I'm shuffling. Song one is The Dreams of Candlelight by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> oh, that's cool. All right. All right. 
Song two, the song that plays when you kill your first zombie would be. Oh, I, I don't want to do this one again. It's it's another Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Midnight Christmas Eve. Okay, we already did one Trans-Siberian. We're yeah. going to skip to the next okay, one. Okay, here we go. A song called Unopened Letter to the World by the Ataris. Okay, all right. That's I don't cool. even That's remember cool. the song off the top of my head, but own the CD at some point. Song three, when you're getting chased by a horde of zombies. Oh, it's the, it's from Eminem off his album, The Eminem Show. <laughs> But it's not even a song. It's just the Paul Rosenberg skit. So that's not even a song. I'm going to choose again on that one. Okay. 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 So that one, the actual song, I hit skip again. We get uh, On the Tweak Again by Primus. You got some some deep tracks here. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Song four, when you have to kill your partner. (laughs) Hunger for the Great Light by Dave Matthews Band. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty good song yeah. five when you meet the group of survivors something hopeful well miles Maybe. davis gil evans complete stu- uh, columbia studio recordings it's a song called springsville oh maybe the group of survivors in springsville i like mm, it possibly all right song six when you meet your love interest uh that's the same out miles davis. uh so divide and conquer by story of the year story of the year Mm-hmm. Okay. When you finally meet your love interest, song six. <laughs> Wait, no, we just did that one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. When I reread the same thing over again. Song seven, <laughs> the final stand. Oh, a song final called battle. Hollywood by Not a Surf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what song that is. Nobody knows what song that is. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Song eight, when you think you've won. Uh, playlist the beauty of gray by live nice okay one of these has to have a t swift song nine when you discover you've been bitten uh megadeth a song called (laughs) breadline oh well that seems applicable yeah you're the bread (laughs) yeah song 10 the end credits what's rolling oh man Kid Rock off the Rock and Roll Jesus album. It is a song called Amen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nice. Oh, goodness. Nice, nice, nice. Did you write those down? Nope. I didn't either. We'll just have to re-listen and write them down later. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the list. Okay. Well, speaking of lists, let's head over to our recommendations. And now, Digital Soup Recommendations. All right. So my recommendation today, this is something I discovered on Reddit today. It's awesome. And it is just a website if you want to prank your friends, geekprank.com. And what this site will do is you you have to go full screen with it by hitting F11 in your browser. But it fully emulates Windows XP. (laughs) (laughs) Are you looking at it right now? Because it's awesome. So you you close that one window. Even the windows work. The Tetris games work. They have Winamp in here. They actually have Winamp in here and it'll play. They have a Google Internet Explorer 7. The start button works. So what songs are in Winamp for you right now? Asia Cruz, Selfish, Mess and Prod, Kyle Beats, Sorry Miss Jackson. Yeah, same here. Ain't My Fault. Okay. Um, But... There's also, eventually, as you click around in here, mm-hmm. you'll you'll actually get to a blue screen of death, and it'll give you different options to boot. There's like a boot screen, and then it's going to format your hard drive. It's, <laughs> oh. it's awesome. This is hilarious. Now, oh. I want to issue a word of caution 
because this might make somebody completely freak out. Mm-hmm. And I have not fully like investigated the security of this site. Obviously, it's just supposed to be a big prank. Right. And they definitely marketed it as such. Um, when I did it, my antivirus didn't kick off or anything like that. It was genuinely just awesome. I actually laughed as it did stuff because it's, it's like bringing <laughs> memories back. It's geekbreak.com. Nice. Yeah, that that's hopefully you wouldn't have someone that's like, uh, you know, Jason level or you level that would be like, what is this? And then go in and do something and like legit format everything and be like, there, that ought to fix it. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What have I done? That would be bad. Yeah, that's, that would be that's bad. very fun. Yeah, it's, it is well done. Yeah. My pick, I you know, I, I was telling you before show, I haven't really been doing much. I had trouble coming up with a a new recommendation, like something that is brand new to me. But what I have been doing, about the only thing I've been doing is every night when I sit down after work to eat dinner, I've been going through a rewatch of one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Parks and Recreation. And so I'm just going to recommend Parks and Rec because, I mean, I, I watched it so much when it, when it came out and then yeah. I, I rewatched the whole series once it was all out on Netflix or whatever. And it's been a while and I forgot just how funny this show was. Like there is some, <laughs> Oh, some, they do. Yeah. That's, it's kind of like the office in that sense where you can rewatch it once you've watched it. Yeah. Lots. Cause you, you just miss jokes. And then once you know the characters a little more, you pick up on like their subtle nuances. I mean, the, one of the episodes I saw, I'm, I'm in season two right now. And they decided that, um, well, their city councilman was having to apologize for um, having an affair. And it's just over the top. Like, he went to South America and hooked up with, like, four other people. And then it's breaking news that on the way to uh, the, the press conference and on the way home in the limousine, he had an affair with a prostitute, you know. But they decide in the office... Um, that they're all going to see Tom decides, you know, I bet you I can find more dirt on any of you than anyone else, you know? And so they're all digging stuff up and that's where we get to see Ron Swanson's alter ego for the first time. The amazing Duke silver. Oh yes. That's where we meet old Duke. saxophone player. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. You know, I, I, one of my favorite scenes on that whole thing was where, Ben, um, you know, I think he was like unemployed for a time or whatever. And he invented this game. Oh yeah. 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 I don't remember what it was called, but it it had all these like really difficult rules and like, yeah, just looked over the top. Uh, it's like something with cones or something like that. And, um, settlers of Catan. No, that's not it. Oh no, no. That's Um, a real game. The Cones of Dunshire. Cones of Dunshire. That's what it was. Yeah. So he invents yeah. this game, this fictional game. Later on in the series, some he finds that somebody has like gotten a hold of this game, this office uh-huh. that he went to work at like way, way later. And they're all playing it. And he <laughs> he just goes in and just annihilates them because he knows all the rules. And then he right. comes, it turns out that he invented the game. Yeah. I just I just thought that was awesome. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you can actually buy that game. I'm Cones seeing of it. Dunshire? Yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing it out there. Um Board Game Geek has it. Polygon. Yeah, Polygon has an article from 2015 saying the fake board game Cones of Dunshire <laughs> was now a really expensive Kickstarter reward. Oh, the makers <laughs> the makers of Settlers Catan, Catan of Catan. 
did it. Yeah, oh. that's that's why I, th- I named that first because it came up in that article. I was like, wait a minute, what? No, that wasn't it. That's a real game. Yeah, nice. Anyway, um, for today's Digital Soup Spotify playlist edition, mm-hmm. I'm adding a classic old song called "Ordinary World" by Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. Something I've always liked ever since I was a teenager when that song came out. I, just, I know the song, I like and I'm, song. I'm trying to think which how you that goes. Da, 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 there's an ordinary Yeah, yeah. Somehow I've got to find. That's right. Yeah. Yep. It has a different sound from the rest of their album, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, there was also, oh, I'm trying to remember the other song I really liked off that album. But um, anyway, Duran Duran. I'm, yeah, I'm looking, uh, looking at that album to see ordinary world was a second track but i don't even recognize come undone was that maybe it? oh that's the one i was thinking of yeah yep yep that's the one yeah those are the only two i recognize they're very famous for hungry like a wolf right not this album though or save a prayer yep some good that was that wasn't even 80s that was what early 90s ordinary world yeah 1993 i think so that's how I remember it as a teenager. Man, yeah. am I feeling old? All right, what what do you got? What do you got? Well, I went. Uh, I, I wanted some good kind of get me fired up music this week, and one that it pops up on a large, large segment of any playlist I create for myself because I just love the song so much. It's the Pretender by the Foo Fighters off of their Echoes, Silence, Patience, and Grace album back yes. in two thousand seven, and this song. Man, it's just got something special. It it starts off nice and mellow, and then just kicks in, and it just keeps going, and it's so much fun. Great. Well, like I was saying earlier, this song it, it almost sounds like a classic rock song at the beginning, right? And then they layer it in mm-hmm. as the as the song goes. It's it's yeah, it's great. And the, the video for this too. I don't know if you've seen that, but the video is actually nope. pretty awesome too. If you get a chance, watch that. Like. They're playing and they're in a giant warehouse with a, a backdrop showing video and stuff. And as the thi- as the as the video goes on, um, there's like big rows of police or something marching into them in like full riot gear. Sweet. And then when they really start rocking, like water just explodes. It's like spraying like fire hose style, just blasting everyone like they're just you know spraying a crowd and stuff but it's them playing right through it it's pretty awesome awesome yeah all right well now a word from your two favorite hosts Hey, super friends, as you know, we don't have any fancy sponsors, but we do have some important information for you. So listen up. First, if you want to keep up with everything we're doing here at Digital Soup, including how to find us on social media, all the ways to subscribe, and even how to support the show, head to digitalsouppodcast.com. We appreciate all of your support, including sharing Digital Soup with your friends, but If you want to do more than share, hit that button that says Patreon on the site and help support the show by becoming a Digital Soup Patreon backer. Of course, Dave and I stay busy with our own projects outside of the kitchen as well. Dave is having creativity-fueled discussions designed to motivate, inspire, and encourage you along your own adventures in creativity with the Adventures in Creativity podcast. You'll find him at AICpod.com. 
And if you're interested in some amazing sci-fi stories from years gone by, I've got you covered with yesterday's sci-fi. These are amazing classic sci-fi stories in an audiobook format. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to yesterdayscifi.com for all the details. Man, that's a lot, huh? Well, just remember this. DigitalSoupPodcast.com, YesterdaysSciFi.com, and AICPod.com. Now then, thank you again, all of you that are listening, for taking time to join us every week, and let's get back to the show. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love... I love how you uh, try and throw us in there every week, you know, as if as if it's not just awkwardly saying, hey, it's us. <laughs> you guys might not have heard of us, but it's us. <laughs> nothing nothing tops last week, though, where, where you're like, oh, man, we're great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not. Um, let's talk about our big topic here, the top 10 worst movie castings, according to watchmojo.com and a list by Ryan Barnett. What do we got here? Kick us off. Yeah. Kicking us off. Number 10, the pink Panther. When Steve Martin in 2006, they remade this. So Steve Martin as inspector Clouseau in the pink Panther. Do you remember this? I never saw this one. Mm, I see. I, I've n- I can't claim to be a huge fan of the Pink Panther in general. I mean, I remember cartoons, but like the actual like films with the, you know, bumbling, um, you know, kind of bumbling inspector and stuff. And Steve Martin did it. And it, it, oh, it just, it's not great. Look, I'll, <laughs> I'll take your word for that. I never saw it because it, the, even I remember the preview was like, no, not yeah. interested. Yeah. It's, it's not great. <laughs> So number nine, Jack Black as Carl Denham in King Kong from 2005. That's Peter Jackson's King Kong, of course. Yeah. Um, I see. I didn't see this. And I did. It's so he so, he plays what a film director? It looks like. Yeah, I didn't think it was it was too bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as his his role in it. So this yeah. article says that Black is entirely too off his time to fit in the Depression era tale. Maybe that. Maybe that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's that's I was gonna say because it's hard to see a character like him, no matter what you've seen him act in, he feels like a product of the late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> you know, I mean I even saw yeah. recently that, you know, he's he's having fun. He got on TikTok in the quarantine here, and he's like doing TikTok dances shirtless in like uh cowboy boots and shorts and a cowboy hat and shirtless, big gut hanging out, which you know kudos to him i won't take my shirt off and show anybody that it was a very jack black thing to yeah do. very jack black thing to do and just leaning into it and that's I, yeah i'd have a hard time seeing him as a you know film director in the depression era so the 20s and 30s yeah i, I could I see would agree. that well what do we have for number eight number eight we've got bat nipples so George Clooney as Batman in the 97 film Batman and Robin. Bat nipples. We've got bat nipples. <laughs> We've got bat nipples. Now this one I have to say I it's been a while since I've seen it but I really agree cuz I remember even when this came out I had a very hard time buying Clooney as Batman at all. Mm-hmm. Like he's I know Bruce Wayne is like he was probably a pretty good Bruce Wayne. You know as far as the suave you know, kind of billionaire ladies, man, you know, everything else. 
-hmm. But man, I just don't see Clooney as like a major action star. He he's great when he's in like those like the Oceans movies and some of that where there's action involved, but it's not like superhero action. I mean, he's not a big dude really. Yeah. And just yeah, I he's I, I don't I don't know how else to say it, but he's he's just too much just of a pretty boy. <laughs> You're too pretty. Yeah, like I'm like Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't have that edge that you know, Batman would have that darkness in his eyes. That's believable. Like Robert Pat- Pattinson. Yeah. Well, and that movie got pushed <laughs> back now. You see till 2021, oh. it looks like, release with oh. the, you know, pandemic uh, yeah. going on. But yeah. Yeah. Clooney is Batman. I'd, I'd agree. I I'd, I'd might even put him higher up on this list. I think uh, number seven here, Topher Grace as Eddie Brock Venom, mm-hmm. Spider-Man 3. Uh, from 2007 is spot on. I also think I've only seen him in that 70s show where I thought I liked his character. <laughs> so you could there, insert... There hasn't been another movie where I've seen him that I that I liked his character. Yeah, so you're saying you could take number seven and instead of him, you know, told for grace as, you could just end right there. Yep. <laughs> that sounds no, I, mean. He's probably listening right now. Now we just made him cry. Yeah. Well, and he's, you know, again, another one of those situations. He's just too scrawny and whiny to play the, you know, the hulking venom. And not only that, but there's a scene when in that movie, if you remember, it's like a top down look. I think it's as uh, Spider Man is ringing the bells or whatever, getting the symbiote off of him. Or maybe it's when it first goes on him and attaches itself, but he grows like these fangs at the same time. And, oh, it just annoyed me so much. Now, granted, I have not seen him in everything, but I remember not, I just, you know what I mean? You, yeah, I think you called it. Yeah, he feels, <laughs> he feels like, like uh, he's got to be, who's the other one that was in Scott Pilgrim? I, th- um, I think he's, he's, he's good in comedy. Yeah. Who is Scott Pilgrim? That's uh, Michael Sarah. Yeah. Same, same, thing same kind of guy yep. where he's not going to pull off. I mean, he'll play other Although, roles, but he's just made for certain types of roles. And, I think Topher Grace could take Michael Sarah in a fight, mm-hmm. but hard to say there. I don't know. I mean, in, in Scott Pilgrim, he fought pretty well. That's all camera special effects, Dave. <laughs> I mean, look at he beat up <laughs> Superman. He beat up Captain America. He beat up. Well, hey, he was in love with Captain Marvel. I mean, what what more does he have to do? I mean, I'm sure he can take on Venom. Yeah, that took me a while to piece together. Holy cow! All right, <laughs> you didn't get all those references. <laughs> no, I started piecing them together really slowly. Like, oh, he's talking about Scott Pilgrim. Who played what? Yeah, oh, Brandon yeah. Routh played Durr. Superman, who was also the vegan yep. bass player. Chris Evans was the stuntman <laughs> Two actor. Two things that shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Chris Evans, Captain America, the stuntman actor boyfriend, and Captain Marvel was the mysterious girl he was in love with. Nice. Yeah. Just kidding about the vegan. You can be, anybody can play bass. Well, not anybody. I can't. That's true. That's because I'm a drummer. Exactly. It'd be <laughs> too complicated for you. Uh, so, <laughs> just kidding. Number six, Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates. Now, and this was in 1998. 
the remake. I didn't by, see uh, it, but I could tell that this is yeah, true. Gus Van Sant <laughs> remade Psycho, and I have not seen it, but I have heard this was pretty uh, odd. And um, I mean, they they redid this one, if I recall, shot for shot. I'm looking really? at yeah, it says it. yeah, it says it here. Uh, he he sought necessary to make a shot for shot remake of this Hitchcock classic, but yeah, I, Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates, man. I don't know. I'm, the only movie I saw with Vince Vaughn where he played a serious role that I liked was mm-hmm. Rudy. He was in Rudy. Yeah, he's one of the uh, one of the the top uh, Notre Dame football players, and oh. he gives Rudy a hard time. He's like, he's just a showboat man. Oh. And then they, you'd have to go back and rewatch, but it's, yeah, it's Vince Vaughn and the coach is like, you just summed up your whole sorry career in this one statement. <laughs> I have it's to, re- I don't remember that being him, but I'll yeah. take your word for it. I'll have to rewatch that again. Rudy is such a good movie. Oh, it's, it should be watched like at least once a year, once every I, other year. I agree. And I should also, I want to add retroactively add to our previous list. Perfectly cast. Uh, Sean Astin. Is oh Rudy. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So no, number five. Let's oh, let's ahead. let's detour for one second. Sean yep. Aston. Yep. He has, I mean, he hasn't always been like the main leading guy, but man, what right. a career. I mean, from Goonies oh, and, and Rudy, and you know, he, he was uh what else? He was, you know, obviously Lord of the Rings and yep, just so there. many huge roles. Bob and, then, and Stranger Things. Yeah. Well, and then you also have the quirky ones that are just absolutely like hilarious, like Fifty First Dates. Remember when he's <laughs> oh, like yeah, he's yeah. the brother that's all like steroided up. He's and, wearing the mesh shirt. Yeah, like <laughs> he's got a lisp. And he's like, are you gonna eat those peanut butter cups? <laughs> yeah, just such a key, amazing actor. Okay, Sean Aston would be awesome to hang out with. Oh yeah, let's invite him on the show. We'll do it. All right, next week. I know what I'll say. So number five, Hayden Christensen is Hayden Christensen, Christensen <laughs> as Anakin Skywalker. Hayden Crapstensen. <laughs> he is not a good actor in anything I have ever seen him in. <laughs> I thought he was okay in Life as a House or whatever that was. Yeah, he's got about as much personality as a house. Was he playing a house? I didn't see that film. <laughs> I don't know, but he was made of wood in uh, Star Wars. So yeah. close to the same thing. Well, we found out he wasn't. Well, he did because he kind of burned like wood would get singed at the end. But yeah, and he got his trunks chopped. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we're hating on this. Oh I'm man, gonna George. I'm going to blame George Lucas for 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 the direction of of his because I honestly don't think he's a bad actor. I my, do my personally, but Natalie Portman <laughs> had the same problem. And yeah. She's a tremendous actress. I see. So, she's got a class uh, uh, on master class, you know. That, oh, really? That service? Okay. Yeah. She just came out with a how to act. You know, Natalie Portman teaches acting. I don't know oh. about that. I mean, she's a fantastic actress, but man, I don't know. I I don't think we can look at the prequels of Star Wars and and take any acting lessons from it. Samuel L. Jackson. Um, he, he, nobody. Nobody was good yeah but you know what the thing is ewan mcgregor as obi-wan people still feel like that's a perfect fit sam jackson as his care i can't remember his jedi name mace windu mace windu people still want to see more about that character everyone wants to just 
take a steaming dump on Anakin Skywalker because he's terrible <laughs> in those films. I sure wish Anakin Skywalker was here. I, <laughs> I sure go. wish Jar Jar would have accidentally blown him up somewhere along the way. <laughs> you still thinking? Yourself? <laughs> yeah, they just, oh man, I, I would have put this one higher up on the list in, in in a heartbeat. Oh, it's it's you know when we talked, we also had a question on what makes you cringe. I forgot to bring up Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker in yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, my soul is tormented. I mean, it was just so. Oh, bad. he is terrible. I, Maybe we, Natalie Portman. I truly, deeply love you. <laughs> yeah, like, you no, know, you don't. <laughs> what we should do not next week. We've been on movies a few weeks, oh. and we'll change it up next week. But sometime in the future, let's just. I'm gonna see if I can find a list of the top ten reasons why Hayden Christensen is a terrible actor, and we're just gonna have a hate fest. Oh <laughs> no, we won't do that. That'd be mean. <laughs> Unless maybe we do. We'll see. I'll let you do that. Send your hate mail to Dave at yeah. I, I I would be, I will gladly welcome it. If someone can make an argument to me and, and tell me, th- you know, that they, they seriously legitimately think he killed it in that role as Anakin Skywalker, I'm all ears. I'd love to have it. Oh, there's a Google search that says why Hayden Christensen perfectly played Anakin. Oh. It's on Reddit. Let's see what their arguments are. Yeah. Um, Anakin was a young kid who grew up in slavery left his mother behind, and ventured into a giant galaxy. He was a kid the entire time. His whiny, temperamental attitude makes his turn to the dark side even more believable. His emotionless delivery of some lines and overly dramatic of others shows an internal conflict. Hayden knocked this performance out of the park. He's believable as a young person with conflict. His entire life, he's been told he's the chosen one. No. Wrong. (laughs) Where's Dwight Schrute? False. False. (laughs) <laughs> the best comment on here i think given the right material hayden christensen would have been great as anakin <laughs> i i still don't i think the, right. i think the better the writing the better the material was that he could have had say he had the most amazing script to work with you know he was given something that should have made anyone else an oscar-winning actor he would have. It would have just been even more glaring how bad he is. Man, what did he ever do to you? He played Anakin Skywalker. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, number Sky. four. All right, yeah. What do you got, number four? Number four, the Flintstones <laughs> movie from 1994. We've got Rosie O'Donnell as Betty Rubble. <laughs> now, we remember the Flintstones cartoons, right? Yep, Betty and Wilma were always made out to be these kind of, you know, I mean, they're cartoons, but very attractive women of their, you know, prehistoric age. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but Rosie O'Donnell probably could have played Barney better than (laughs) Betty. (laughs) I mean. Whoa. You didn't like Rick Moranis? (laughs) Well, no, he he was worst uh, choice. That was a Baldwin brother, wasn't it? That that played (sighs) Barney Rubble? Really? Yeah. I'm I, a, I thought I'm, it was Rick Moranis for some reason. I'm almost positive that was uh, Dan no, Aykroyd. No, I got out the Google uh, machine. Dan, um, Dan Connor. Uh, why can't Dan I think of Dan Connor. You Sean know, Connor. What was his, from the Big Lebowski too? he played the, I can't think of his name. He played Fred. John Goodman? John Goodman, yeah, yeah. 
I was thinking yeah, Dan. I was thinking yeah. Dan Connor. John Goodman was Fred. Who did I say it was Barney? Did huh? I say Rick Moranis? Yeah, you said Rick Rick Moranis. It, it is Rick Moranis. Is it Rick Moranis? I don't know yeah. why I thought it was a Baldwin for some reason. But yeah. Liz, okay, Elizabeth yeah, Perkins is Wilma here. and Rosie O'Donnell is Betty Rubble. Yeah, Elizabeth Perkins fits that role well. John Goodman fits the role of Fred well. Rick Moranis could play an all. He he was an all right Barney, I think. But Rosie O'Donnell as Betty, mm. one uh, of these things is not like the others. <laughs> all right, number three. Oh my gosh, yes, Denise Richards as Christmas Jones in the World Is Not Enough, James Bond, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, Denise Richards playing a nuclear physicist requires the su- superhuman <laughs> suspension of disbelief. Not even fans of the Bond franchise are capable of. <laughs> sure, she was hot at the time, right in the thick of Wild Things. But there's no doubt producers hired her to draw on the Maxim crowd. Right. Didn't didn't her character need a PhD? GED, we'd believe. <laughs> so, the, honestly, they named her that for the very last joke in the entire movie. Uh-huh. Th- that is the only reason they gave her the name Christmas Jones. Because James Bond looks up and goes, sorry, kids. Who says Christmas only comes once a year? And then that's the end credits. <laughs> yeah. That was the entire reason that was such a terrible. I mean, that's oh, ter- that's yeah. what a terrible, tasteless. I mean, it's James Bond, but still, that was like no. Well, let me let me. Sean let, Connery wouldn't have said that. You know, we we've I've done this on a few of these actresses and a, a, actors and actresses. I know, I know. Like you said, she was in Wild Things, and that was a big deal. But it wasn't the acting that made that a big deal. Has Denise Richards ever been anything where? In any film where you thought she was perfectly cast, that you can think uh, of, uh, I mean, Wild Things, yeah, it's fine for what it was, you know, '90s Maxim magazine, you know, fun. But I mean, I, I can't I, think no. of, I yeah, I can't think of she, anything. Starship she's Troopers even wasn't. Yeah, you not, know, not she's great. A great pilot. I don't. She's she's best. Oh, she got voted worst bond, worst Bond girl ever, <laughs> <laughs> according to the I, UK's I mean, Daily Mail. <laughs> I could see her maybe oh. in, if it's something you know. You remember the film Mean Girls? I don't. I, she wasn't in that. I never saw that. No. Oh yeah, but I could picture her being something like that, where it's uh, kind of just snobby rich girl of some sort, you know. That'd be a perfect casting for her. But yeah. I, as far as anything, yeah, I, not a big Denise Richards fan. All right. Should call well, this the hate cast. Holy cow. No kidding. I'm going to do number two so you can do the number one. Oh, okay. So S- Sophia Coppola as Mary Corleone in The Godfather Part 3. I can't remember. Mm. I think I saw this, but I don't recall this, this yeah, character. I, I don't. I don't recall so, off the top of my head. I'm just going to quote the article on this. It says, in 1985, John Huston directed his daughter Angelica to an Oscar-winning performance in Prizzy's honor. In 1990, Francis Ford Coppola directed his daughter Sophia to crush what might have been history's greatest film saga with the lumbering weight of her wooden performance. <laughs> Imagine what might have been had Madonna, Julia Roberts, or Winona Ryder played the role. Because despite her accomplishments, Sophia Coppola is still act- atoning for The Godfather Part Three. Well, I don't know. I <laughs> I can't imagine Madonna being a great actress in anything either, though. Let's yeah. be real. 
What was she ever in anyway? I don't know. Julia Roberts and Winona Ryder, both very talented. I mean, yep. But mm, yeah, I, I, Madonna, I don't, I don't think so. I'm looking for Sofia Coppola to see whatever, anything else she's been in. Well, she was in The Godfather and the, the whole Godfather, Godfather Part Two, The Godfather Saga TV series. She hasn't been in anything like big that I'm seeing. Godfather Three, I mean, weird things like Inside Monkey Zetterland or uh, <laughs> an uncredited role as a girlfriend in a video short called Madonna. Deeper and deeper, um, mm. those must be music videos, basically. Probably. She was in Star Wars Episode One as Sashay. Whoever that really? was, yeah. Apparently she was in there. Oh, she she cool. was in Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> Are we James... still talking about Madonna? No, Sofia Coppola. Oh, man. Okay. I was like, what the? Yeah, no, Madonna. Had, I don't think, has Madonna ever? Well, she was in Dick Tracy. I remember that yeah, film role. But I don't know. Has she ever starred in any other films? Yeah. I don't care enough to even type it. What do we <laughs> oh, got? For she was in one? Evita too, I think. Oh, okay. I heard was that. I heard that was a good movie, though. She was in Die Another Day, uh, another Bond movie as well. Hmm. Oh well. Number one, you've got the voice for it, but it is John Wayne playing Genghis Khan in The Conqueror. Oh. Now, what in the world? I. I I don't know if I've ever fully seen this. I've seen clips of it, though, because people... Only clips. Yeah, people really make fun of this because this is the American cowboy, and they're making him a Mongolian warlord. I mean, this is... It, it's got to be crazy. I don't know if I would put the... I, I still think I would put Anakin Skywalker and Rosie O'Donnell Ooh. above this film. Just because I've seen well, those and I haven't seen I, I this. wouldn't. And that's only because Miss we're talking about bad casting choices. Right. 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 And of course, this is 1956. We're talking yeah. 64 years back. And this is basically all these, you know, the white actors are cast as Asians. Yeah. But John Wayne, speaking like John Wayne as yeah. Genghis Khan. I'm going <laughs> to take over your village, partner. I sure could go for some barbecue right now. <laughs> Where's my horse? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even do a John Wayne. I'm just talking right now. I'm trying my best and it's no good. That's how I sound all the time because <laughs> I'm a redneck, right? But I did recently just watch True Grit again. And yeah. you just, <laughs> you know, this is, this is a, a strange part of film history where this is just kind of the way things were. Uh huh. You know, there was more racism back then and all that. And that's, but to have John Wayne, the Duke. Whoa. Playing a Mongolian leader. Yeah. You know I mean? It's, it just seems so ridiculous. Now, yep. I don't know if this is true. I don't even know what happened, but I, I, I searched for this clip and the first thing that pops up is a preview of this, this film. And it's uh, titled the film that accidentally killed half its killed almost half of its cast. So Whoa. it's a big budget would be blockbuster featured an epically miscast John Wayne. Like we talked about 
It's not just that Genghis Khan had a southern drawl. That's bad enough. The worst part is that the Conqueror nearly killed half its cast. Um, this was Howard Hughes, uh, director, and um, it was filmed on location outside of the dusty, sleepy town of St. George, Utah, 100 miles downwind of the U.S. government's nuclear test zone. Oops. In 1953 alone, the government ran 11 nuclear tests there, assuring the residents of St. George there was no danger. They were it's wrong. totally fine. Yeah, and apparently uh, a lot of people, because of that, they um, a Geiger counter was actually brought into the set, gave off so much noise that John Wayne assumed it was malfunctioning. Oh, no. So it, it got, yeah, the cast and crew were suffering the effects. The co-star, Pedro... Armin Deris developed kidney cancer in 1960, took his own life in 63. Um, director Dick Powell succumbed to cancerous lymphoma. Uh, a number of these uh, film stars, Agnes Moorhead, his co-star, uh, had uterine cancer in 72. Susan Hayward died of pneumonia brought on from complications due to brain cancer in 75. This movie exposed... Half of its cow, well, the whole cast, really, Jeez. everyone that was there to toxic levels of nuclear radiation. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Toxic cast. Jeez. But yeah, okay, well, Genghis Khan with a southern drawl. I mean, if you haven't put seen a little the mustache clips, on him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So I've got a few runners up for you. Yeah, hit me. Um, of course, Jake Gyllenhaal as Prince of Persia. We talked about you know, casting white actors in, in roles that probably shouldn't yeah. have gone to them. Well, I mentioned that uh, one last two weeks, oh, last week, I think, in talking about Avatar, you? remember? Oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He wasn't available to play the role in Avatar because he was filming uh, Prince of Persia, the flop of all time. <laughs> flop of time. Flop of time. That sounds bad. <laughs> Wait, so I, I take... I take exception to this. There's a suggestion that Liv Tyler in Lord of the Rings was miscast. Nah. I think she did perfect. I think she did just Shut fine it. there. Um, let's see. Kate Bosworth as su in Superman Returns. I agree with that one. Yeah. So she looked so young. And so cold. Oh, it says out. she was only 22 when. Yeah. <laughs> well, she did, if I remember right, she just was like super, super like, and I don't want to insinuate things. I'm not trying to slander anybody, but she had that look of like, she was a heavy drug user that was just strung out like crazy. You mm -hmm. know, just like super, super skinny, like dangerously sick skinny. And I don't know, maybe for all I know, maybe she had like a, you know, bulimia or something, a, a, a disorder she was dealing with. I don't know for sure. So I don't want to laugh at it, but she just, yeah, she was not a good Lois Lane. Okay. See, so we got Halle Berry and Catwoman. Well, was she <laughs> cast poorly or was it just, or was a, it bad just a bad film? movie? Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, I thought see. her performance was eh, fine. Yeah. Um, Matthew McConaughey in The Dark Tower. I didn't see that one. I did. And, you know, I didn't mind that too much. He plays the the villain, the man in black. Um, people really hated that movie. And I, I understand why. Because they were hoping for an actual film adaptation of that amazing book series. And it wasn't that it was a kind of, 
a version of that story told with those characters in that universe. Just a, it wasn't following the events of the book at all and never claimed to. Oh, okay. But he played a version of the man in black and I thought he did. I didn't think he was horrible. Okay. Scarlett Johansson and ghost in the shell. Just supposed well, to be Asian. Yeah. Uh, that, I haven't seen it, but everything I've heard, the only reason I've heard people bag on that is because she's a white woman playing what should have yeah, been an Asian. That's more role. of a race thing. Yeah. Um, Jesse Eisenberg in Batman versus Superman. As Lex. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. I thought he was, you know, I, I like him as an actor. He's just fine. But as Lex Luthor, it was like, mm, this ain't working. At first, I was really thinking like, nope, I don't like this. Once, once I kind of started looking at it through the lens of, okay, this is him. It, it, it's a timeline thing, really, because Lex Luthor has always been Superman's biggest enemy his biggest rival and when you go through this film and you realize that superman's been around a long time and lex is still just getting going that's what kind of made it weird by the end of the film when he's like shaved his head he's in prison and you know he's kind of slipped full on into the the dark side Mm -hmm. at that point i'm okay with it but the rest of his performance as the kind of whiny rich kid was kind of weird but I think it was a, a timeline thing more than a acting thing. Okay. Russell Crowe and Noah. Hmm. That movie sucked. I didn't see hard. that one. What, it was, so it's supposed to be, you know, Noah builds an ark and all this stuff. Sure. But <laughs> Russell Crowe as Noah mm-hmm. <laughs> was, he did not pull it off very well. And no. I, I blame the movie for this because, you know, you're supposed to be saving saving all the animals from this flood and everything, but you know, the movie was just really, really bad. So would would you where where do you stand on this statement I'm about to ask you here? Best film about Noah in the Ark of all time, Evan Almighty with Steve Carell. So far, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. They got uh Nicholas Cage and Ghost Rider. Well, this, this list has Rosie O'Donnell as well and Flintstones, Sofia yeah. Coppola, Jack Black, Ryan Reynolds in Green Lantern as Hal Jordan. Yeah, and I don't know, though, if that's a casting or if that's just another terrible movie. Ben Affleck in Daredevil. Yeah, you know, I have to rewatch that because I, when it came out, this was pre-MCU pre any you know we hadn't really seen too many of these big marvel there there was oh, no marvel cinematic universe it's bad it, well and i need to rewatch it because when it came out no, i remember thinking it's it wasn't great but i love that character and it was cool to see it on the big screen i haven't rewatched it in years i know Electra was reason. supposed to be terrible way worse than daredevil with um jennifer garner but i i i remember Actually, you know, back in the when it came out, I would have probably given Daredevil about a seven out of ten. Ugh. But you got to remember the time that it came out, and we hadn't seen the amazingness that the MCU was about to drop on us going forward. Right. But As I a, remember seeing it too, though, and going, "This is terrible." Well, and I think it's just probably the 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 fanboy status of being a major fan. You know, like of the character in the comics and finally seeing it on the big screen. I think you're able to kind of forgive a lot just, just because you're getting to see a character that you never thought you'd see. Sure. That being said, the Netflix 
version of Daredevil, I know will blow it out of the water because that oh, was it, fantastic. Yeah, I've seen both, yeah, two yeah. as well. Um, so those are my last one in the in the, uh, the other categories of of the follow up: Kevin Costner and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Which yeah, I always liked that movie, but the fact if you if you take an objective look at it, mm-hmm. this is one of England's most mythical characters, right? And you've got this like long haired California dude, like and everyone, American accent. Everyone else in that film has English accents. Yep. And then even to the point where, uh, you know, Robin Hood men in tights makes fun of it. Unlike right. some other Robin Hoods, I can speak in an English accent. It's <laughs> Carrie Elvis. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, that film, though, I remember that being a huge event. All, it had to be summer because I remember like, you saw yeah. the merchandise everywhere. You heard the, oh. the song on the radio constantly from what Brian yep. Adams. Oh, a great song. Incredible yeah. song. And and they all, they focus so much on this one scene of the arrow splitting the arrow. Like it flying yeah. through the air. Like no one had made a scene like that in right. movies yet. Like, oh, we could follow the arrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bullet. You guys aren't going to believe this. The movie's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it, who played, uh, made Marion in that one. I, that, uh, Oh, Robin Hood. I'm drawing Prince a blank, but her 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 acting in that one, though, to me, if I'm re- remembering right, always felt a little off as well. Like almost this weird, like I'm reading off a cue card off screen. Her name is Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Yeah, she's probably like some highly accomplished, you know, super, super well-regarded actress. She that, was in the abyss and the perfect storm. And, hmm. but I don't know what else. Yeah. It always felt weird. And who TV played series. Sheriff Nottingham? That was, uh, she was Marion in the Punisher. Oh, really? Marion James. Hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who, uh, who played Sheriff of Nottingham in, in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Wasn't that Sheriff of Rottingham? Yeah. That was Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. That's what I was thinking. Yep. Professor Snape. Yep, yep. <laughs> I think of him still from yeah. like Dogma and some of the the Kevin Smith ties he had. Nice. Well, that's our show. Yeah, that is our show, folks. So you know, thank you so much for listening. Go ahead, Dave. What I, I was got? just going to say, you know, what's funny is earlier on I was sitting here as we got started on this list. I'm thinking, man, we're flying through this. And then all of a sudden I looked up, it's hour and 15. I hope it Dang. went by and, and was enter- as entertaining for, for uh, you super friends as it was for us. So Yeah. Enjoy. Come back next week. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Take care, guys. Thank you for joining us. And come back next week for another cracking episode of The Digital Soup Podcast. This has been a Digital Soup production. <laughs>